0: This morning's scripture reading comes from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 13, if you'd like to follow along. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in the territory of Judea, during the rule of King Herod, Magi came from the east to Jerusalem. They asked, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We've seen his star in the east, and we've come to honor him. When King Herod heard this, he was troubled, and everyone in Jerusalem was troubled with him. He gathered all the chief priests and the legal experts and asked them where the Christ was to be born. They said, in Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what the prophet wrote, You, Bethlehem, land of Judah, by no means are you least among the rulers of Judah, because from you will will come one who governs, who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the Magi and found out from them the time when the star had first appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search carefully for the child. When you found him, report to me, so that I too may go and honor him. When they heard the king, they went, and look. The star they had seen in the east went ahead of them, until it stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with Mary his mother, Falling to their knees, they honored him. Then they opened their treasure chests and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Because they were warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they went back to their own country by another route. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. This morning we continue our sermon series Away from the Manger as we look at some of the characters and players in the story that came about right after the birth of Jesus. Last Sunday we talked a little bit about King Herod and looked at him and saw about how he pointed the eyes of the world to Jesus and how he directed the Magi to the one who had been born. And then also how he shows us about how believed the prophecy of the Messiah was and the fact that he sent his, his soldiers, he sent Roman soldiers to Bethlehem to murder all of the infant boys under the age of two after the Magi had, had left. And so today we're talking about the Magi as we go away from the manger and we realize who they are, but not really knowing much about who they are. Because this unnamed, unspecified, uncounted group came from afar following a star that led them east and it led them eventually to the infant Christ. And so this Sunday as we look at the Magi, I want to ask the questions, who were they and how did they help us to point out who Jesus was and how does their experience and presence impact our faith journey today? So who were they? In his gospel, Matthew specifically refers to them as Magoi, which is M-A-G-O-I, which is Magi in English. Which in different translations means a couple different things. It could mean that they were magicians or Magians, which were a priestly group from Persia that were likely followers of the Zoroastrian religion. Some scholars think that they may not have been magicians or Magi at all, but instead they were simply astrologers. Because historically, those from the East, especially in the Jewish tradition, in those times, those that were from the East were associated with astrology and were known to have practiced astrology. As to the land to the East, we don't know where they came from. We can look and say maybe they came from Arabia, maybe Mesopotamia, or maybe any one of those other lands in that direction. Because any of them could offer possibility and could offer, you know, different people that would have been studying the stars, that would have been led to go and to follow and to find. We know that they visited King Herod, because Matthew tells us in the scriptures, and they go to Jerusalem to inquire about where the child has been born. We know that Herod directed them from Jerusalem according to Matthew's gospel and told them to go to Bethlehem because it says that Herod gathered all of the leading priests and the the leading citizens because all were troubled with this news and he said, where is the newborn king to be born? And then at last we know that they worshipped the newborn child. They presented him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then Matthew says in the last verse, verse 13, that they were warned in a dream not to return to Herod. And so they left and they went to their homes by another way. And so they didn't return to Herod at all. You know, really, that's it. There's nothing in Luke's Gospel about the Magi. There's nothing that Mark writes about. There's nothing that John writes about. It's just these few verses from the Gospel of Matthew that tell us about these visitors from the East. And so much of what we know and much of what we associate with the Magi probably are things that you and I have received from tradition and other sources that aren't really included in the biblical canon. At some point, tradition determined that the Magi had a magic number of three and that there were three Magi that came and visited Jesus. Do we know that for sure? We don't know. I know my nativity sets at our house has three magi. How many of yours do? Does anyone have more magi in their nativity sets? I've got to confess, we have one set that has six. It's the little people set. It's only because we didn't realize when we bought it that if we bought the wise men bonus pack, it would be a duplicate to the three wise men that were in the original set. Which is actually kind of neat though. If you think about it, we really don't know. And so the Magi in our nativity set have their tents, and then there's six camels, and there's six Magi. They're twins, three sets of twins, very unusual, but anyway. Um, But you know, we associate the three because of the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Because Matthew says specifically that the Magi brought three different gifts to show us how important and to what level they revered the infant Jesus. Perhaps Matthew is also playing a, game, a numbers game, just like many of the gospel writers did. And many of the, the books of the Bible where he's talking about three being complete. That there were three magi, which could be Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you know, kind of associated with that. To give those who are looking at that another layer of significance into this story. We know that they brought these gifts We don't know what Joseph did with them. I was reading a study this last week that some believe that the gold may have provided the resources for Joseph to flee and to take the infant Christ and Mary into Egypt when they fled because he would have left everything when he heard or when he was warned in the dream to flee because Herod was going to send his soldiers to kill all of the infant boys in Bethlehem. Over time, they've been given names. And places of origin that reflect the growing diversity of Christendom. Perhaps you've heard of the name Kaspar or Gaspar. Melchior and Balthazar as the three names of the wise men. Are those their names? Who knows? Melchior's tradition, some traditions say, is a king of Persia. Kaspar or Gaspar is a king of India. And Balthazar is a king from Arabia. Each of these lands are associated east from, the, from Israel. Do we know if they're the ones? We don't know. But we know that tradition says that they were likely, you know, they could have come from any one of those places. An interesting side note, as I was researching this sermon and, and studying and, and trying to find some more things on the Magi, because really a lot of what we have is based on tradition with them. I came across a book called The Revelation of the Magi. It's this new book. It was published, I think, in 2011 around Christmas time. Some of you may be familiar with it. Some of you may have read a, a, a report on it in a magazine or in a newspaper because there was this man, Brent Landau, who was doing his Harvard uh, doctoral work. And he's a translator of ancient languages. And he found out about this. He read this about some article. And there was just a passing word on this book of the this book that at one point was associated in some level with the Bible called the Revelation of the Magi. It's in an ancient Syriac language. The only complete copy is in the Vatican Library. And so it's, it's something, it's apocryphal, so it's not associated with the Bible, but it gives us a glimpse into what some followers following the death of Jesus in roughly a couple hundred years after his death, Believed about the Magi and thought about them. It's kind of interesting if you think about that. And so he translated it. As part of his PhD work, you can go online and look at one of the academic sites where they publish papers. You know, and there it is, all 200 and whatever pages of it. But the thing that he says is this text has been very commonly referred to. In early Christian writings and artwork. And at some point he thinks it was probably removed from Christian circles. Around the time of Martin Luther when the, German, when the, the Reformation happened. You know because Martin Luther said that it was scripture alone is, is all that we need to follow. To learn about and to see God and to have God revealed to us. And so many of these secondary texts or texts that people have been using as Tradition kind of got put away. Many of them got destroyed. Fortunately, some of them got saved. So we can read them today and look at them and think about them. Do we know if it's the Word of God? I don't know. But it's interesting because it's this brief text where the Magi traveled from a land of Shem, S-H-I-M, to Bethlehem. They're called Magi because they pray silently in worship. And they're princes of their land. They witness the star and the revelation of Jesus who commissions them. And so the star is given personhood and tells them that they're to go to Bethlehem to worship an infant child. And so they went on their way, they're blessed, and they follow the, the Christ that they see in the star. It's, I mean, it's kind of out there, it's apocryphal. And, so, and it's also revelation, it's called the revelation. So obviously there's images And metaphor that are used just like the book of Revelation. But it's interesting because it says, Along the way, they lacked nothing. They never ran out of food. Their animals were never injured. None of their party was ever hurt. And after their journey, when they returned home, their families were amazed at how much healthier and in better shape that they were than when they had left. Evidence of divine providence. They arrived in Bethlehem. They worshiped the Christ. And the infant Christ spoke to them a message of salvation before they returned to the land of Shem. And then in Shem, they were greeted by their families who were amazed. And then Thomas showed up to them and commissioned them and gave them communion and told them to go and preach. You know, I don't know if this is real. I doubt it. I think what it is, is it's something that that people wrote after the time and birth and death of Jesus Christ because they were seeing and they were thinking of how important it was to remember the birth of Jesus Christ and to explain it in a way that people could remember and that they could take it as part of their Christmas celebration. Maybe it's a glimpse into a sect or a group that revered the Magi. Much like others, some people revere the Virgin Mary. Maybe there was a group at some point that looked to the Magi and saw them as as perfect examples of what it meant to be a person who was completely outside and a Gentile. To seek out and to discover Jesus Christ. You know, I just wanted to share it with you because I'm fascinated by it. Because the Magi hold an appeal to us as people today. Because we read the Christmas story and we know so little about them. They see the star, they journey, they visit, they offer gifts, and then they go by another way. And so what do they reveal to us about Jesus Christ? How can their experience influence our faith and our journey of faith today? So I think the Magi revealed to us something that something special was happening there in Bethlehem. That the baby being born was someone who was supposed to be noticed. He wasn't supposed to be bare, just born in this out of the way place and people weren't going to see it. But the Magi came and they pointed to us and they show us that something amazing was happening in this little place. See, the birth of Jesus wasn't announced by a balloon at the bedside of his mother. It wasn't announced by a balloon sitting out on the street or a sign saying it's a girl or it's a boy. But the birth of Jesus was announced by a light in the sky. And it was a light that was anticipated. It was a birth that people were looking to and looking for and yearning for. And so the Magi revealed to us that Jesus was anticipated And he wasn't just anticipated by those in Jerusalem. But there were others looking. And maybe they didn't understand what they were looking for. Maybe they didn't fully comprehend who was sending them. This child. They didn't know that it was from God. But they knew that they had to be looking for something. And so they anticipated it. And so Jesus was revealed to us. Because others saw and recognized and helped us to see that even this infant, others they were looking for him. So Jesus didn't just pop onto the scene when he became an adult and said, here I am, I'm the Son of God, let's get this going. But the Magi show us that people were looking. And they help us to see that even as a baby we can recognize And see that he was recognized as the Son of God. Out of this tiny insignificant town of Bethlehem. The Messiah was born. And so the Magi brought Jesus Christ out of Bethlehem. And into the visions and knowledge and power of the day. King Herod and then the Roman Empire. See, the Magi also reinforced to us the message that comes to us from the very beginning. That Jesus Christ came for all people. See, Jesus was born into the Jewish faith. He was a practicing Jew. But Gentiles came at the very beginning to recognize that the Son of God had been placed in their midst on this earth. The Magi's Gentiles came from afar to discover this in his ministry, in his death, and especially in the letters of Paul, we read about how Jesus came to save all people. And the Magi show us that even at the beginning, God's plan was for Jesus to come for all people. So that when he offered himself out of love for each of us, it was for each of us. It was for all of us. It was for all, it is for all, who hear and see and receive and choose to follow that which God offers us. And last, I think the thing that the Magi point out to us is that an encounter with Jesus places us on a different path. See, they came. We don't know what route, we don't know where they came from, but we know that they came. We know they journeyed. We know that their journey took them through the city of Jerusalem where they encountered Herod. And where they asked him, where is the newborn king of the Jews? And Herod told them, go worship him. Let me know so that I can go worship him too. See, the Magi were warned in a dream to go a different way to return to their homes. But see, that's evidence for us that whenever we encounter Jesus, he calls us to go on a different path. That we can't keep going down the road that we've been on, slogging along, when carrying the burdens that we carry after we've encountered Jesus. Because if our lives are truly transformed by Him, then we have to go on a different way. A different way that takes us and keeps us in communion, and in relationship, and in a sense in partnership with Him. Because when we encounter Christ, we invite Him into our lives and we invite Him to change our lives. We invite Him to fill us with His Holy Spirit. We invite Him to take the things that, that burden us and hold us back and keep us from being who He really wants to be. And if we truly do that, then we have to go from Him on a different way that keeps us close with Him, that keeps us centered on Him, that keeps us in who He wants us to be. Because if we stay on the same path, well then, we keep going back to those things that we asked to give up. We keep returning to those things that hold us back. We keep journeying on those things that don't lead to life. You know, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Because He tells us that when we encounter Him, we have to go His way. And the Magi show us that No matter where they were from, no matter who they were, no matter what they were. That when they encountered Jesus Christ, they went on a different way. And that was the way that led to life. And that was the way that that was filled with love. And that was the way that was of Him. Because after that, their lives couldn't be the same. So the Magi show us many things. But they show us that God's love was sent for all people in the form of His Son, Jesus Christ. They show us that Jesus was anticipated and that He was worshipped and that He was recognized as the Son of God from the very beginning. And they show us that whenever we encounter Christ, if we choose to earnestly encounter Christ, that we have to be willing to go on a different path, a different way, a way that leads to life. Because we know that the things we leave behind lead to death, despair to sin and because they're burdens and so may we take the path that leads to life as the magi have done may we encounter each day the risen Christ and receive the life that he gives us and we may we move forward in faith away from the manger and moving forward to the life cross and the resurrection that Christ offers us for God had a plan and that was to send his son out of his love for us so that we might live amen if I can invite you to join me now